Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Hello, Little Woman fans. It was about time that Emily and I got together to talk about Amy and Joe. Today's comment shout-out goes to Eponia, who says the following. Remember in Little Woman, when Joe desperately wants to go to Europe with Aunt Carol, but is passed over for the trip because she isn't refined enough, and Mommy says that Joe probably wouldn't have enjoyed the trip anyway, because Joe would have to be prim and proper the entire time. So can we talk about the fact that Joe's eventual husband is German, loved her for her personality and not in spite of it, and if they had enough money, would have willingly taken her to Europe and let her be herself while there. What a great observation and all true. This would have applied Joe marrying Laurie as well. She didn't love him, but also Joe knew that if she would have married him, not only would she have been lonely, but also required to be something that she wasn't. A lady. That was something that Louisa struggled with. She was a very masculine looking woman and it does seem that even some little woman fans made fun of her looks when they saw her, which is pretty insane. But I also read that Henry Tarot, the real life Friedrich, he was sometimes quite critical about overly feminine women. Henry was very critical about consumerism. But you can definitely see why Louisa fell in love with him, since he didn't really care that much about women who were overly feminine. And so the story of Joe and Friedrich intertwines to Louisa and Henry's reality. I always thought that Joe and Fritz did travel to Europe together. When Joe wrote her best seller, which happens between Little Man and Joe's boys when Joe is in her 40s. I thought they went to Germany and France. Joe would go to a book tour and Fritz would accompany her. Louisa mentions that Friedrich's nephew Franz moved to Berlin and married a German girl. So they would visit him and then Fritz would show Joe around Berlin. All fanfic writers and filmmakers feel free to use my head cannons anytime. I don't know if I am only person who struggles with this, but I always have hard time liking Amy and Laurie as a couple in the adaptations. And it has everything to do with today's topic. That Laurie is being reduced into a trophy who the sisters are fighting over. And that never happens in the novel. My Amy and Laurie shipping begins when he goes to see her at Aunt March. And it continues in the adult, and it continues to adulthood when he is composing an opera for Joe. And the only things that come to his mind are Joe's worst qualities. And Laurie even calls her as torment, which kind of shows his shallow dreaminess. But it's also a wake-up call to reality. And that's when Laurie starts to grow from a boy to a man. And he takes Amy's advice and goes to work. It is not just the recent adaptations that don't show Laurie's growth and his character arc or Amy's good influence on him. It is every little woman adaptation. It is a very deeply integrated issue. And the way the feminine girls are put against more masculine girls in pop culture, that is something which contributes the very black and white views on womanhood. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain. 
Little Woman Podcast, Amy and Joe, Two Sides of the Same Coin. There was an older version of Greta Gerwig's script where Joe wanted to punch Amy when she heard about their engagement. Even if Greta Gerwig says that she wanted to do a good job with Amy, she's still participating to this triangle that doesn't exist in Little Woman. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really hate the rivalry that Greta Gerwig sets up between Joe and Amy. It's like, it's like, it's so it's almost just like, oh, they're fighting over who gets to be more mm. glorified and artistic, and they're also fighting over who gets to be with the guy. You know, I wonder if, if uh, Greta Gerwig was sort of like, oh, well, what if Joe won out because she got to be the artist, but then Amy got to keep the guy? And which I'm, I'm kind mm. of like, well, this this kind of rivalry between them, it wasn't in the book. They, these two sisters, they just had conflicting personalities that's mm, why they yeah. fight a lot they they wanted different things too i mean like amy wanted to be an artist but she also wanted to be rich and she and i think she had a different idea of how how to reach social mobility is she was like oh joe like you know you, you should have some more members mm. and then joe was just like I don't know what you want me to do. Like, like you know, the whole chapter yeah. where you're visiting people and Joe can't get anything right. Like, they were just conflicting personalities. And I think that is just kind of how a lot of sibling relationships are. You're just different people. And so I hated how, like, you know, Amy was just like, oh, I hate how, like, Joe is always, like, this person who gets everything and I don't want to be in the shadow of this person, which, mm. like, to an extent, like, book Amy probably feels a little bit, she also makes Lori work for it a bit more. I, I didn't appreciate that sort of rivalry. And the fact that it came down to who got to have the man, who got to have Laurie, I, was, I hate that. That's yeah. so superficial, actually. Yeah, it's so shallow. <laughs> yeah, it is really shallow. If you want to add, you know, the characters, the arcs of the female characters, then you should add, add the arcs of the male characters as well. I'm so tired that I can never see them. There's the reason why their relationship works. You know, Laurie becomes a better person because Amy's helping helping him. And then Amy, she realizes that she shouldn't marry Fred because it's all the wrong reasons. And then with Joe and Frederick, I think with Joe and Fred, it's more, more about being authentic and also finding home. When I was younger, I kind of hoped that they would have stayed in New York and be this bohemian couple. <laughs> but then now that I'm hopefully a bit more perceptive, I think that's not really suitable for either one of them because you know, with Frederick, he's not very happy when he's in New York. No, he's not. And Joe is also missing her home when she's in New York. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about finding a family, starting a family. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. 
being a family? Yeah, it's about growing up and moving outside mm. of your own family, becoming independent, and then forming being a family that's yours and actually, you know, belongs to you. Because yeah. I guess as a kid, you're always in a state of being pushed away. And, you know, one day you, you are, you know, probably going to leave in all likelihood. Yeah, but in the end, that's what the story is really about. It's really not about people finding glory in their creative mm-hmm. aspiration. It's about being becoming a productive individual, yeah. but also along with that, family is also important mm-hmm. as well. So we talked about Amy, where she's kind of the best interpreted in the 2019, mm-hmm. I would say, because when she brings out, like, oh, well, you know, this is my status of, um, as a woman in life, like, you know, I become accomplished and the best on my own, or, or it depends on my marriage, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I think is, it's good to bring that historical context in, but the thing is, if you bring in that aspect of the historical context and not everything mm-hmm. else, then you're not being honest about your motives or your creative yeah. motives in this adaptation. And I know that somebody said to, um, in my comments was trying to argue with me and said, oh, well, the, it's trying to be realistic. This the 2019 is trying to be realistic. Um, you know, when people are, their death dialogue is overlapping. You know, when the sisters are talking over each other and stuff in, like, the beginning scene, they, they were getting on top of my critique. They were saying, oh, well, it's more realistic mm-hmm. that way. And they're trying to be realistic about a- Amy, you know, as well in her situation in life. And, you know, it's trying to prevent these people as, as being real. And I'm like, well, if it's real, if it's so realistic, why don't they even get costumes right? Why don't they even get the history right? <laughs> you know, the ba- these very basic things. And they were like, oh, well, it's a pseudo-realism. And I'm just like, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, oh, no, people are trying to come up with mental gymnastics to justify all these things. Get back to Amy, like, you know, I like that interpretation of her, and I like the acknowledgement of what she goes through, and I think, uh, you know, a good message to take away, which underlines what we've been talking about, about the message of the book, is how she learns to use her her passions productively. It's like, well, okay, well, even if you're not a great artist, why don't you contribute to the state of art? Why don't you do something else that, you know, still makes you a useful person? And I really love that even though she wants to marry a rich, ultimately she, she, she marries rich, but also she chooses to be yeah. a productive individual. You know, when she was younger, maybe she thought, oh, I'm just going to marry and never have to work. In fact, Meg also has that idea. Yeah. Um, well, but then they ultimately choose to do make something of themselves, which I would like to see, you know, appreciated. It's also a very American narrative yeah. as well, being a productive person. It's very true. There are people who are Joe fans and they hate Amy, and Amy fans who hate Joe. But I think, you know, the problem there is that if you're a Joe fan and then you hate Amy, you kind of fall into this narrative that Louisa May Alcott had. I just recently read this study how Louisa had problems sometimes to, you know, put herself into position of other women because of her own sort of masculine trajectory. But then she grew out of that when she became more mature. And I think that is what happens to Joe. That scene of Laurie catfishing Meg and then Joe covering yeah. that up. Like, she forgives him in a second. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have yeah. problems with that. But I think if you go with that narrative of, okay, I'm going to forgive Laurie as well, and I'm just going to go along because Joe is so great. And then yeah. you have the part of, you know, Joe losing the trip to Europe, the chapter calls, and she puts herself above the ants. And then you go with that narrative as well if you're a big Joe fan. Yeah, 
like Joe didn't do nothing wrong. Like the ads were wrong, and I'm like, yeah. the ads were going to France, and Joe is like, I hate French. Why, why would they want to take her with them? She yeah. just said that she doesn't like French. Why would they take you to Europe if you don't like French? Where well, you have to speak French. Yeah. Yeah. Amy can go because she speaks French, and she's not tried to put herself above the ads or say that she's better than them. But I can see how some people would go with that narrative that Joe is the best quote-unquote feminist person because they just read the book like that from Joe's perspective and they don't question her. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah, somewhat yeah. hate against being a girl. That's the problem when you yeah. read Joe as a sort of a self-insert character yeah. and you acknowledge that she has flaws and that's why she didn't get to go to Europe mm. and all that other stuff. Yeah, I'm really against taking Joe as a self-insert because, mm-hmm. I mean, she she was, like, you know, an analog for Louisa, but, you know, she she isn't for you, all of us to yeah. be a self-insert. Even if you're creative, you don't have, you don't always have the anger management issues yeah. that she had. Even if you're a creative person and want to be a writer, you know, maybe you don't have the discomfort with her femininity mm-hmm. that she yeah. has. The fact that she looks down on, like, emotional expression really has such contempt for so-called feminine shows of, um, of expression. Like, I don't that sh- I don't know how we ignore this, the fact that she is yeah. kind of a cl- um, sort of a repressed misogynist in, um, in a way. She almost doesn't really like her own gender. I think some people read queer narratives, mm. them, or read a queerness into Joe, or think she's trans, or... But the thing is, from the book, I read her as... She's, she wants male privilege, I think. Yeah. And she wants to be a man. Uh, um, that's my interpretation. I am sort of half in the trans theory section, but that's probably uh-huh. because I have been reading so much about Louisa. But then again, uh-huh. I also have problems with that theory because I was reading some of Louisa's diary markings from the time when she was in her 20s and then, you know, later in life. When she had extra money, she liked to buy, you know, clothes. So mm-hmm. Louisa may act yeah. like fashion. When she had Henry or someone else coming for a visit, she would, like, brush her hair in front of the mirror, like, trying to be presentable. I can get behind some of these theories, but not all of them. It's interesting to think about. I I can definitely see that she was a bit gender fluid. But it's sort of like how, like, Frida Kahlo, the the artist, she liked wearing men's clothing, Mm. but she also really liked the feminine part of herself. Yeah. And she grew into that we can kind of see a very um, something of a similar situation yeah. you know, uh, with Joe. And I'm sure Louisa herself, I think, you know, mm. she kind of liked experimenting um, with that, and she probably was less, like, strictly female in that sense. I can see that she was a bit gender fluid, and Joe a little bit. Observing her sister's friendship with Julian, same with Off Whitman, who was also one of the models for, for Laurie. But I have a very unconventional opinion that Louisa May Alcott was somewhat lovesick person with her relationship with uh, Larry Wisniewski, because, you know, there's the theory that he was a con man. Uh-huh. It would kind of make sense that you know, she would make these public statements that oh, this guy was a model for Laurie and, you know, he's great and all that. And then with the letters that she wrote with May... They are criticizing him because Louis had, had her publisher sending him money. He never paid it back. And oh, that okay. that kind of sounds like a con man behavior. Yeah. She met him in Switzerland. This was like, like a year before she wrote Little Woman. 
and he was flirting with Louis' employer and with Louisa. Something happened between Ladislas and Louis' employer, and he had to leave the premises. I, I think I like, read your blog post and then also a bit of other information about him. He seems like a character. He is quite a character. It's interesting because he becomes this lorry archetype in Louis' novels that she always writes about, but the Joe-like character never ends up with him. The Joe-like character always ends up with the Freddy archetype. And I think that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, that is really interesting. It's really interesting to see how writers take, like, little bits of mm, experience yeah. in their lives and kind of mold it into their narratives, and, and, and you can just find, kind of see these little snippets from... Um, from her life, that particular, yeah, she said, he, yeah, he seems a little shady and also a little bit dashing. Like yeah, there's the um, false connection. Yeah, definitely. I guess I find it really funny that there's Amy fans and Joe fans, like they have mm. to be in opposition to each other, where I feel like, they're, yes, they're the stronger personalities of the group is one, but you have to pit two sisters against each other. That is so strange. Like, what are they even competing over? Like, they're not even competing over Laurie, which yeah. is not kind of like um, a thing. Because, I, I mean, I do like that, you know, Amy is now being appreciated. I do really um, like that. I, I feel like the adaptation, the 2019, it makes her deeper, but also more superficial at the same time mm. in how it pits her against Joe, but then also, like, you know, reveals a lot of her motives, like, reveals a lot about her mindset. I like that, but I, I also don't like how, oh, yeah, I'm, like, gonna take this guy, and I don't want him if he's still into Joe. Like, I, I never really got on board with that, and because I always felt like she was a person who knew her worth. She doesn't have to be in competition um, with anybody when it comes to a movie like this. I, I recall that you didn't really like the 2017 adaptation interpretation of her. I guess, or did you not like how like, negatively she was portrayed? Yeah, maybe it was also the actor's age, because I think they should have had a 12-year-old play Amy. But I think it was the part of the cause where she gets the trip to Europe, because I felt that in the book Amy was very, very sad that she got something that Joe didn't get. But then in the 2017 adaptation, she was kind of gloating when Joe didn't get to go. And I think kind of martyrized Joe in the same way as the 2019 does. So I didn't like that aspect of the 2017 series. Like, I think yeah. it might have had one of the best predicts. You no, know, um, I feel like no adaptation justifies why Amy went instead, instead of Joe, probably. Yeah. Like, they're all either like, oh, Joe was too boyish for Aunt March, or like just, just chose Amy because Amy is just more artistic. They don't show how she really messes up the, the, that opportunity mm. for herself. That is legitimate, I think. But an interesting detail of, of 2017, remember that part before Joe discovers that Amy burned her book mm. and Joe actually gives her some candy and then Amy kind of shows regret over doing what she did. Yeah. I think that's an interesting uh, detail how like it, it kind of shows like oh she's just kind of a kid who's just like yeah. really messed up. I think that's um, that was a really interesting well, like, addition to that scene. But I think the, the fact that she and Laurie don't also, also don't really have that kind of completing arc they, they should have had. I think that's something that's missing. And you also notice nobody ever really delves into her days at Aunt March's 
mm-hmm. either. When that's also a big experience for her, where yeah. she's isolated from her family, and nobody really goes into that into that bit. Right? That's that's an observation. Yeah, I think they did some of that in the 2017 series. You know, when Laurie came to see her, like, that was nice. And then yeah, it, yeah. yeah, there was that bit. Yeah, um, that, you're right. You're right. Then, the, then there's the carriage kiss in the 1994 film. Somebody asked me about how Amy has sort of that arc with the servant of Aunt March. I can remember oh, the name yeah. of the, the French yeah. maiden. And she kind of introduces her to Catholicism, which has never been adapted, but it's really interesting because she oh, yeah. is meditating, you know, this 12-year-old girl, praying for for Beth, and I think that was really nice, and I always liked that mm-hmm. scene. It's never adapted, but, you know, maybe most filmmakers don't think that's very relevant, but I think yeah, it's really yeah. big for Amy's arc, because, you know, before that, I think the problem with Amy and Joe in the first book is that they are triggering each other in very negative ways, because, you know, Amy's using this long fancy words and Joe is like you shouldn't speak like that you know she's really really mean to her sometimes for a while they sort of become a bit closer when she returns because she she has become a bit more better at rejecting Joe's triggering points if that makes any sense and then in the beginning of part two there's this great scene that I really like the narrator mentions that Sometimes when they were arguing, they bursted out laughing because they realized how silly it was. Yeah. Both sisters grew away from that petty fighting. When I was younger, I was arguing with my sister. I don't think I have argued with her since since high school. (laughs) Become more perceptive about the other person's temper when you know them very well. And I think that sort of happens with Joe and Laurie as well. Like They are being triggered with certain things that the other person does. I think that's part of just being adults, mm. is that when you're a kid, you kind of very, you see things very much from your own perspective, and you can't really get why the other person just can't come into your own mindset, but then you, you like, when you're an adult, you you see that other person as another, like, valid human being who has their own needs, and, like, and, yeah, that's just part of, of growing up. And I think one of the benefits of being mm. an adult, yeah. which is why I don't think Greta Gerwig should just <laughs> think that adulthood is like yeah. this horrible, glum experience mm. when you actually mature and actually your life gets better in many ways. And I was um, reading some bits of uh, May Alcott and how Louis started to appreciate May after she had passed away in a more wider sense. They did became a lot closer when, you know, later in age. You can really see that in Little Woman. Albert Schooler, Emily Birch, you know, she also wrote that there's been neglect among some of Albert Schoolers to do more research on May Albert because Amy's portrayals yeah. in the films. Part of that also applies to certain characters like Laurie and Frederick as well. Laurie's not that exciting when his character arc is missing. I am okay with Laurie being a flawed person, and I liked him a lot more when he is this flawed person, even though he annoys me. Because, you know, <laughs> I can appreciate his growth when he's this flawed person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and with Friedrich, I think he's very enchanting with his Germaniness and, you know, how, you know, Louisa was very into Germany and all that. You don't really see those in the adaptations, so maybe there are not that many people who want to research them. I read tons of studies on Joe and... Some of them were good, some of them were not so good, but then it was a lot more difficult to find anything on Laurie or Friedrich or their real-life counterparts. 
I feel like people are kind of colored by the mm-hmm. sort of popularization yeah. of these characters, mm-hmm. and so they just don't delve into the research as much. I mean, I think that exploration of men growing up as well I mm-hmm. think is also a, um, a really valid thing to... Um, to acknowledge the presence of toxic masculinity in Laurie. I think I think it does make him a lot more interesting. And the fact that that aspect of him is erased, it kind of leads to that over-romanticization mm-hmm. of him. You know, we've talked about a few times yeah. before. And, and so I think the commenter of mine talked about how hard it is to adapt little women really faithfully. And, um, because I, I, she's like, oh, well, there's all these like different scenes that are very episodic, and it's very hard to adapt into the book. Oh, or into a film or a show. I guess, in a sense, yes, uh, because when you have something very dense like Little Women, people forget how long it is. Yes, it's very hard to adapt every detail, and it's hard to put in everybody's arc. It's just hard to do. But I also feel like when you want to make a new adaptation of Little Women, you don't try and drastically change yeah. You, know, you go into things that already exist. You go, you delve into other aspects of the story that maybe people haven't acknowledged as, as much before, and then you explore those things. And, and I feel like you know, an ex- exploration of Laurie as someone who is essentially a toxic mm-hmm. man, to, um, a to- um, toxic male, and just becomes someone much more mature and able, and actually a more productive person. I think would add so much more to a feminist message. Mm. So I, I just feel like there's so much untapped ground with, yeah. like, in, in adaptations, which I don't feel, I feel like people don't acknowledge as much. Laurie's toxic masculinity, that sort of goes along with Joe's toxic masculinity mm. and how that affects this quote-unquote feminist narration of the novel. If you just say that only tomboys are feminist, that's only going to harm the feminist movement. Like, oh, that's yeah. not yeah. very realistic. With Louisa May Alcott, yeah, she has this sort of idealized idea yeah. of masculinity. But then again, she also has this very critical views about masculinity as the novel progresses. Yeah, that's really untouched ground in the adaptations. Yeah. Uh, like, there is no boss to do that. Or there hasn't been boss to do that yet. Maybe in yeah. the future. That, that will be interesting. See, hopefully. Oh, yeah, I would definitely like that. Thank you for listening. Take care and make good choices. Bye. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply.